You gonna sit down, Teddy? You gonna sit down? So, if he freaks out and barks, which there's a small chance he will do, um, I have his t-shirt here, and if I put it on him, he will be calm henceforth. Is it? Is it a thunder shirt? Uh, it's not, but it is. It's effectively the same type deal. Yeah. So. Depending on whether this stays in the show, I guess it's going to depend on how he is. But uh, if this isn't the show, it means Teddy was here and it was noticeable. Oh. <laughs> What's in the show is in the show, Rob. You should know that by now. Oh, there you go, Teddy. You're going to sit? Yeah, sit down. Good boy. There you go. He's a good boy. When we were gone for a week, I missed him. I missed him. Mm. Mm. Where was he? Was it the in-laws? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, okay, let's just do this. I, I think the best way to do this, unless you want to change the order of in which things occur, um, from what I'm suggesting, is you describe why you wanted to have the conversation that you wanted to have, specific to the movie that we both watched very, very recently. <laughs> well, technically, the movie we ended up watching wasn't the one I wanted to, but we can we we'll can talk, talk about, about that, that too <laughs> i think it all kind of ties in together uh well i think for the longest time we had a topic on there about science and tech in movies yeah so i think this is as i was watching the movie arrival 2016 mm-hmm. that's a working title by the way arrival 2016 that was not the actual name of the movie is it i don't know i looked it up on i No, the name of the movie is just arrival no i know <laughs> you, you but- always add the year but yeah, that's, that's just the year the movie came out. People are listening to this and they want to know what movie we watched and they watched the wrong arrival. That's true. It could happen. It's like the whole 27 <laughs> dresses, 27 days later confusion. I, I think that was 28 days or 28, 28 days or 20, later. 28 days later. No. No, I think yeah. it was 27. Is it? No, it's 28 days, which is like, a, uh, it's like a movie about rehab or something. I've never seen it, but, and then 27 Maybe. days, 28 days later is a zombie, the zombie movie. one. Yeah. yeah. Very confusing. I haven't seen either one. I've but. seen 28 Days Later. That was a okay. pretty intense movie. Yeah. <laughs> the other uh, one was like a melodrama. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I always thought it was a... When I heard the reference, I thought it was a rom-com. Yeah, I don't think it is. But maybe not. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I was, I was going to say, like, we've had the topic of science and tech and movies on our list for a while. So I think yeah. this is... As I was watching this movie, it was a good good opportunity to talk about that a little bit i think uh and then we also want to talk about spoilers because mm-hmm. i think we have somewhat differing views i would on... say we have very different well, well that remains to be seen i guess whether they're very different but i i feel like they're going to be very different <laughs> well we'll have to see yes <laughs> and i also wanted to hear your take on the movie itself the movie yeah. like the content because i like this movie is talked about on hello internet and was it? Or, sorry, no, Rectifs. About Ex no, sorry, no, it was Rectifs. Yeah, Ex- oh, As Machina right. was, was H.I. Uh, yeah. Rectifs talked about That was the other movie that we were potentially going to watch until I watched the trailer yesterday, and I was like, <laughs> I don't, I'm not going to like this movie. <laughs> well, it, uh, like I said last night, it wasn't until you asked, I was like, I guess towards the end, it does turn into like more of a thrillery. It doesn't start out that way. No, it's got it's, probably a turn, I'm guessing. Yeah, it does. Um, I mean, I guess a, I guess if we want, we can spoil it since we're not talking about it here. Well, sure. I mean, I'm. 
we can discuss spoilers first if you want so that people understand. But um, there was a scene in the trailer that I know a movie is going to be one that I don't care for much. If someone cuts into their own skin and like pulls something out or puts something in and that happened in the trailer, I was like, all right, if I'm watching this movie, I'm going to have all the lights on. I'm going to watch, like listen very quietly so that jump scares right. don't get me and potentially not watch the screen for like 20% of it. Right. Yeah, a lot of the violence is like robot on robot violence. Right. Like there's really only four characters in the entire movie. Two of them are mm-hmm. robots. So it's there, there, there's not a lot of you, you can you can have the I don't know if dissonance is the right word. Mm-hmm. Like you can tell yourself this is between robots. So it, it doesn't affect you the same way <laughs> as if it was between. I'm serious. Like, oh, no, I know. Yeah, yeah definitely. It's and and. I guess that was one of the interesting parts of Ex Machina, and I presume at this point we're probably not going to end up watching it and talking about it. So I don't think so because no. I don't think I would like it or be able to get through it without like wanting to just turn it off. Yeah. So, like, I do recommend watching it if you are okay with. I wouldn't even call it like it's not a horror movie, and I almost wouldn't even call it a thriller. There's just mm-hmm. parts that are a bit more intense, like high sure. energy semi-violent and it's literally like the last half hour that's like right. at its peak like it, it, it builds up to it and then it's kind of like whoa this kind of got out of hand and that that's kind of a that's, lot recently i found with movies in general a movie will be going along on a certain path and then something will happen some inciting incident will happen and it'll kick into a completely different direction and i feel like that's happened a lot more recently in the last maybe 10 years than i ever noticed maybe that's just the type of movies that i watch as, as an adult more than as a kid but I don't know if it felt like that to me that right. that happens more often than it seems. I would say that a horror a horror movie leans on the gore and violence for the content. Right. A thriller has additional aspects. They'll still have content that is violent mm-hmm. typically. Um, but it's more that kind of like drama mystery type stuff that kind of keeps you engaged in the movie versus waiting for the next jump scare or the next person's head to get cut off yeah um so i I say ex machina is like a light light on the violence but heavy psychological mystery thriller we'll call it like it kind of keeps you guessing Mm -hmm. the whole movie which i like but we're not talking about ex machina today we're talking about arrival 2016 (laughs) and but yeah before we get into that maybe we, we should introduce the concept of spoilers and like it's come up a couple times. For those of you who haven't heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's come up a couple times in private conversation. I think even a couple times on the show. Just yeah, where, where we're talking about something and you typically I will say, well, don't spoil it. Or mm-hmm. I didn't. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time it comes with podcasts. Like they'll talk about a book or a movie and they'll say, heads up, we're doing spoilers. Right. And then at that point, you kind of have to make a decision if, <laughs> am I going to want to watch this movie uh-huh. or read this book? in the future yeah. or, or even before listening to that part of the podcast. Mm-hmm. And then you choose either st- pause or stop and go yeah. do that thing. Or you continue on and just either hope that it doesn't spoil it too much. So it leaves some element of enjoyment while right. watching it, or you just accept it as probably being spoiled. And if you don't end up being spoiled, then great. If not, then, or if you do end up getting spoiled, then that's kind of what you expected. Right. I, 
I have a weird thing. So I've, I've recently started like in the last maybe three years listening to more podcasts that do this kind of thing where they'll at the end of the show or whatever it is, they'll, they'll have the spoiler spot where they, they make the disclaimer. We're not talking about anything. You're not going to miss any other content other than the stuff about the movie that we're planning on talking about. And they, so they say like spoilers, it's going to happen. And then they proceed to have like a 20 to 45 to hour discussion and they don't really spoil anything. They talk, they still talk in vagaries so that I don't, if when I listen, I don't feel like I'm getting spoiled. Right. It's almost like they're giving a warning that things may be spoiled. Yeah. If you're sensitive to being spoiled right. or if you consider something spoilers <laughs> that others might not. Yeah. But it's like a caution may contain spoilers versus yeah. a there will be spoilers. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying. Like, yeah, like Rectus says it all the time where they'll be talking about something and they'll still say like, oh, I don't want to spoil it. Mm-hmm. Like they won't oh, yeah, that scene. spoil Remember that right? scene where that thing right. happened? And I'm like, tell me, I want to know. Right. It's like, I wouldn't be listening if I wasn't okay yeah. with spoilers. <laughs> um, so I, I think spoilers are one of those things that it, it goes beyond even just movies. I think there's oh definitely there, there's spoilers for just I don't know, not spoilers for life but just With, yeah I have an it, example that comes to sure. mind that's totally unrelated to movies or TV or like a, a story type entertainment um, from I guess it was earlier this year it feels like a lot longer ago uh, when Pokemon Go released uh, the mythical quest for the first time you when the Mew quest line was going on were like I don't want to read ahead I don't want to know what's going on I want to like experience it organically and i was like i need to read this if i need to save 400 candies for something i want to know about it so i'm not a bunch of people did some really dumb stuff not knowing about what was coming and uh yeah so i i feel like i want yeah that 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 was my one example but we'll get into to how i feel about spoilers shortly okay so why don't why don't you tell me how you feel about spoilers This show is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ETB. Today I wanted to tell you a bit about one of the shows on the Alberta Podcast Network that I started listening to and has become a regular part of my uh, podcast episode rotation called I Have Some Notes. It's a movie review podcast where the format is three guys, uh, Colin McIntyre, Greg Beaver, and Scott C. Bourgeois, along with the odd guest or two, will discuss a movie or a movie-adjacent topic and uh, kind of give their thoughts on how it might be improved. So it's it's your typical kind of movie review where they'll say if they liked it or not, but they'll also offer how they might have been expecting the movie to go, uh, parts that they'd keep, parts that they'd cut out, um, and it's just an overall really uh, insightful and really good listen. They have fantastic chemistry. It's very entertaining. I find myself laughing out loud multiple times throughout the episode, and I highly recommend checking them out if you you know watch movies. Uh, even if you don't, uh, a lot of the movies that they'll talk about, they have uh, interesting topics, such as they reviewed uh, Star Trek, uh, Fast and Furious. Uh, they actually had an episode on movie adaptations of books that was actually very interesting. Uh, you know, if even if you're a reader and you have your thoughts on how books are turned into movies, now they had some interesting thoughts on that too. So uh, why don't you check them out on uh, albertapodcastnetwork.com. And thanks to Alberta Podcast Network, Powered by TB, for supporting our show. Okay, so why don't why don't you tell me how you feel about spoilers? I don't care about them. I want to know everything Just blanket, about blanket. You don't care. I want to you'll know be, everything. You'll be about the spoiler spoiler that ever spoiled, and you'll be okay. Yes, I will be happy 
Um, I've done it. I've, I've leaned into this. I, I first started doing this around the time, like I first developed this, this attitude towards spoilers around the time that How I Met Your Mother ended because I didn't get a chance to watch it the night it came out and I was planning to watch it the second night, but I wanted to know what happened. So I looked it up during the day and I wrote a blog post about it at that point. And since then, I've really, really leaned into it a lot. And so, for instance, The Force Awakens, by the way, there, I, like I said, I don't care about spoilers. So I'm only gonna, I'm not going to spoil anything for Mike here. But if we talk about if I name a film, I'm probably about to say some actual spoiler that's going to spoil someone. Are you OK with that, Mike? Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, I, this whole conversation is useless. I cannot do it, but it's fine. I'd I'd pref- it, let's say we'll have a uh what's what's the okay, here what what, what I'll what, do what, what what's the term when enough time has passed that it's uh oh damn this is right you know what I'm talking about though, right so yeah, ba- yeah, yeah. basically if something is old enough mm-hmm. we'll say we'll say a one year one year okay we'll say one year so, so something's gonna... more than a year old we'll not consider it a spoiler <laughs> all right if I See the, the the whole this whole conversation we're having right now about spoiling <laughs> it's very is meta. I think spoilers are stupid. Um, so if you if I name a movie and you think it's within that uh, time range, then okay. tell me and I'll stop. Okay. Um, I know that the not, if you accidentally say something, we'll bleep it out so that it's at least say, not spoiled for the audience. Yeah, I want to say the Phantom Menace, but that's not right. It's uh, Force Awakens. Yeah. Uh, the big thing that happens when Han Solo dies. I know that, that movie, movie is more than, than a year old. A, a, That's what I mean. That, that one, I'm, there's no question. Old. Hmm? That movie's more than a year old. That's what I mean. So there's I'm, been two well, movies since then. I'm spoiling it. No, I, I know oh. that one is, but there's other future ones that might not be. Okay. Um, but you still, you still non-spoiled it. No, I said it. You said, said the, the thing big, that happens. And then I said the thing that happens. Oh, I was talking over you, I think. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I... For, so... Going back to the thriller thing, I don't like when jump scares happen or like big, meaningful things happen and they're not properly, from to my tastes, properly introduced. Uh, there's a way to do suspense that I like where you see a shadow running across a camera first. And then like you're like you get this feeling that something's happening and like the, the camera kind of starts panning. But you you know that something's about to happen. It's been like pre-announced and there, usually that isn't a, isn't affiliated with a, a jump scare 10 to 15 seconds later. I don't like when things just happen out of the blue. And so I wanted to know if there was anything in this movie that happened out of the blue. And so I immediately went and looked up Force Awakens spoilers when the movie was coming out. And I was like, okay, this is all the thing. these are all the things, the moments that would potentially have a jump scare so that I know exactly what's going to happen. And I don't have to not watch part of the movie because I really don't like that feeling of just like loud chord on the piano or violin or whatever, flashing light just to like get you to get your adrenaline pumping. I wanted to know what was going to happen. And that one moment would have, I felt like it, I feel like with the red light and the like thrust, it would have been the thing where you're like shocked and I just didn't want to feel that. So I, I got to experience the moment and that's what I really, that's why I'm going to see the movie. I want to actually experience it. So I don't feel like hearing a description of the events that occur that are important to some person in a podcast or something isn't spoiling it because I'm not, I don't want to hear a list of the events that happened described to me. I want to actually see them happen. And uh, I'm not going to spoil infinity war because I know that's within the window. Yeah. I think but, that's recent enough. Yeah. It's this, it was this spring. Yeah. Um, but I recently watched it and I had, I read everything about it. It was timed exactly perfectly 
wrong with my daughter being born. And so my, when all my friends went to go see it, um, my parents were visiting and my daughter was like three weeks old. So I just, it, the time wasn't right to go see it. And so I just never did. And then it finally came out on digital uh, download. And so I just bought it. And I've since watched it four times, knowing everything, like I listened to every podcast, every video that talked about it. Like I knew everything that happened in the movie, supposedly everything important. And then I watched the movie and there was like, it was maybe 1% of the actual important things that I felt like I got fresh or that I didn't get fresh that had like, there was so much stuff in the movie that I had no idea about and only a tiny fraction, including that one important second, um, where I felt like I know exactly what's going to happen and exactly why. Like, I felt like the trailer spoiled me more than any other media or thing. Like, I listened to, like, hours of uh, YouTube videos and podcasts about it, and I feel like the trailer spoiled me way more than anything else did. Right. And that's why I you brought up a couple points that I want to mm. touch on. But, you know, we talk about trailers. Like, I generally don't want to see a trailer before I go see a movie. Right. Like, I can usually tell what a movie's going to be like, like what kind of movie it is, just looking at even the cover art, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, you, you know what a rom-com looks like, you, you know what a comedy's supposed to be. Like, I'm not really gaining too much from a trailer. Right. I think the only time that I'll watch a trailer is if I'm literally, <laughs> if I'm if I'm already not going to see it and I need to be okay. convinced to see it. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Right? So, uh, yeah. so say, so say if there, were, say we're just like, hey, let's go see a movie, and it's like, ah, there's really like nothing looks good, mm-hmm. right? If if I'm at that point where it's like nothing looks good, I'm okay to not see a movie, right? Then I might look at a couple trailers and be like, oh, actually, this one does look good, yeah, 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 right? Which I guess is kind of the point of a trailer. But mm-hmm. say for Infinity War, like I knew I would want to see it, right, even before seeing the trailer, because. I mean, how could you not yeah. want to see it, right? If, if it's the kind of movie you want to see, like, exactly. you're going to see it, right? Yeah. So, like, I'm not gaining anything by seeing the trailer. Yeah. I guess, like, the other aspect is it can, like, hype you up, but I was I was as hyped as I was going to be. <laughs> not that I was, like, the craziest Marvel yeah, yeah, fan, yeah. but, like, the, again, the trailer wouldn't add anything to me. I know, like, a lot of people, say, for, like, Star Wars or even Avengers, for that matter, mm-hmm. they'll see the trailer and be like, oh, they showed this character. Oh, that's really exciting. I didn't know he's, like, that That doesn't add anything to me because I'm not a big enough fan. Sure. You're not watching, that, you're not reading the comic books to be like, no, exactly. oh, they pulled that from the 1980s issue right. number four of right. Super Oh, Spider-Man. that character's coming back. Oh, I thought he died. Like, that's, yeah. right? Yeah. So I can see the value of trailers in that. But for myself, I think trailers do more spoiling mm. than anything. Yeah. Unless I've already conceded to not seeing the movie and the trailer might save it and be like, oh, this actually looks like it might have a good enough story to go see. Yeah. One of the... Um, um, there's a podcast called The Incomparable um, that is hosted by, well, usually almost always hosted by Jason Snell. And they go, they're doing right now, they're doing a summer of Marvel. So they're going back through in any any movie in the MCU that they hadn't already done a specific episode on. They did one this summer. And uh, so they did one on Thor Ragnarok that came out in the last week and mentioned that the moment where uh, that one's more than a year old, right? Yeah, it is. I think so. Yeah. Oh, maybe it's not. It's around a year old. It was November, I think, last year. <laughs> um, there's a moment. It's in the trailer, so I'm, I don't feel like okay, it's a spoiler. Sure. Yeah. Where, uh, where you see? I'm not sure you actually see uh, the Hulk, but everyone knows the Hulk is in it. It's not a spoiler sure. to say that. Um, where he sees him in the ring and he goes, "Yes," and 
that was like the one of the best moments in the movie, maybe top five funny moments in the movie. And it was in the trailer and it was like, that was your best stuff. You, I don't know. I, I see it right. both ways. Like, I don't feel the same way as you that it's seeing a trailer is spoiling anything for me. Cause I, like I said, I want all the information I can have before going in. Um, but, but would trailers, you have seen, would you have seen Thor? Yeah. Oh, I definitely without would. seeing the trailer. If trailers didn't exist, I wouldn't feel the need to like, I wouldn't be like, Oh, I'm really feel like I wish I had like a view of some of the scenes in this movie before watching it. But the fact that they do exist means that I'm going to watch them. Right. Yeah. Like there's, there's a lot of, mo- there's a lot of trailers that will come before movie, obviously that like I never would have even thought to have seen right. or yeah. keep an eye out for the movie. It's like, Oh, that movie actually looks pretty good. Like I'll make a note to see when it comes out or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Or if I see it on Netflix, like, Oh, I remember the trailer for that one. It was supposed to be good. It looked pretty good or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, that that's where trailers are, are helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, now you brought up infinity war a couple times. Do you, cause you, you said you looked at a lot of the criticisms or reviews yeah. or analysis on before now, like, the f- the final thing that happens did that get sp- that got spoiled yeah, for you oh too yeah. instantly like even the way that it happened yeah really yeah and you didn't find that like killed not like killed the movie but that was like a critical spoiler I heard people saying and I can probably vouch for this in the positive direction I heard people say that watching it a second time knowing what's going to happen at the end made it a different viewing experience and in some ways made it better. Like, have I you felt, seen it a second time? I felt that way about Arrival because I was able to keep an eye out for mm, different things. I wasn't mm. focused on trying to figure out the mystery because right. I knew what the mystery was. Like, I, right. I knew that part. But now it's like, okay, so I know what, ha- like, what else, what other stuff is going on here. And then there mm. were a couple other things that I, that I gleaned from it. Whereas the first time I was more focused on trying to figure out what was going on in the movie. Right. But I knew what was going on because I'd seen it already. Mm-hmm. So this time I was kind of being able to pick up on other stuff. So I see that part. I'm just saying like you know that that rise and fall of emotion and like th- th- there's a lot of ups and downs in infinity war obviously yeah like, yeah, yeah well there's a lot it, of so. yeah there's a lot of downs i would agree i don't know if there's right. many ups i think it keeps <laughs> again not spoiling but like it keeps it keeps your hopes yes it keeps your hopes high, sky high the whole right? time yeah exactly which is what you want like you yeah. want to be rooting for the heroes right mm-hmm. um but like if i didn't have that uh, if i didn't have that opportunity to be hopeful mm-hmm then yeah yeah (laughs) you've been watching spoiler territory you've been watching for 10 years you've been watching these heroes win well i have and so you're like people have well i have and so you're like it's a comic book they're gonna win right and so it's very surprising when things turn out the way they turn out (laughs) see i didn't spoil anything there did you though did you not (laughs) but yeah so Anyway, that's like as far as yeah. So that's that's why I don't like spoilers is because I don't want to rob myself of the opportunity to have that enjoyment, right? Mm-hmm. So like you brought up the Mew quest from Pokemon Go. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, this is like a big thing. Like Mew's been hotly anticipated for so long. This is like a big new element of the game, this special research that they're introducing. Like I don't want to you know, ruin it for myself by doing all this kind of stuff, right? And, like, being active on Sylph, uh, like, the nature of that is, like, spoilers almost. Yeah, oh, yeah. Right? Like, it's uncovering parts of the game that might otherwise not have even been discovered, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, I 
am fully on board with that. I enjoy that part of the game. But when it comes to storyline stuff, it's like, well, if it's meant to be a story that you're experiencing in a certain progression, I don't want to just read ahead, right? right. Um, now, like the point about the 400 Magikarp candy, like that that part is a different kind of thing. <laughs> I don't but understand ideally, how that's still happening. <laughs> I, well, it's not. No, it is. Well, for, for, for other people who haven't got Mew yet, but that's not for the I mean. Celebi one. Right. No, I know, I know. Right. And, and I think they learned a lesson from that, hopefully. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I, so here, here's the thing that recently occurred to me. They haven't explicitly said in the game that if you walk Eevee for 10 kilometers and leave it as your buddy and then evolve it, that it will turn. That's how you do it. Even with these quests, they haven't said that explicitly. They've said like, hang out with Eevee for a bit and then maybe you'll, maybe it'll work. And they, the, the quests are structured so that it's, if you know what you're looking for, it's really clear. Like it says, get two Eevee candies, which take five kilometers each with your Eevee buddy and then evolve your buddy like it it walk it holds your hand but if you hadn't read anything about how to do it it'd be very easy to not know that that's even a thing well so i guess now that you're talking about it with the evolve an eevee part of that quest because there's the first part where you have to walk it and then there's Mm. a part where it says evolve it during the day to get espion right does it say to leave it as your buddy no see and that's like a pretty critical detail of that process because if yeah. it's not your buddy you're gonna have a bad time yep <laughs> so and like i don't know if you saw that thread that was posted on self about the person who emailed yeah Niantic, I and was like hey i did all the tests but it didn't evolve properly and like oh there is that's not an actual thing we've never disclosed that as an official way to get espion blah 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 right like it's like oh the only official the only I think, and the, technically Niantic hasn't yeah, they haven't said, said that anything either. with the naming thing either, but they're like, oh, the only official way or whatever is with the name, but that can only be used once or whatever. Yeah. It's like, okay, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. But yeah, in this case, like, I don't know, it's, again, like, if, if we're talking in the context of spoilers, like, that is part of the storyline, but knowing, having already known that you can get Espen and Umbri in that way, like, that will help you. Yeah. Like, that's not a spoiler, right? Well, it would be. Like, it's not a spoiler, but it's, like, it's important information that you wouldn't get. The game doesn't tell you it. You'd need... When we when it was first released, ev- like, people were testing and, like, trying the names and just trying evolutions and seeing what happened. And it, we figured out pretty quickly that it was, like, a day-night thing. But mm-hmm. we had to figure that out. It was never given to us. Like, so much in this game... We only know about it from the community doing research on it. We wouldn't have known that it doesn't say the shiny odds are one in 450. We know that because they did research. But there's a lot of prior research and a priori knowledge oh, based sure. off of yeah. like the Pokemon mainstream games. Yeah. yeah. Right. And like there's, and like that's how the name tricks got figured out like immediately. Yeah, exactly. People are like, like, let's try everything. We yeah, have all these exactly. EVs to spare. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, and same with like shiny odds. It's like, well, like the, pokemon mainstream games have certain odds so right. chances are there is a fixed odd like fixed probability to get right. a shiny in this game and then it's just a matter of getting enough data to yeah. Yeah, yeah determine that right and that's what they did um now like the difference is that pokemon go doesn't rely on storyline for their except in this quest thing which game is experience. kind of even weird. that arguably is it's, it's not I a agree. story 
but it's it, a, it takes a, it's a process and there's steps but it's not a story but it's like willow talking to you he's like i need it's, your help with this and then it's a superficial two, three, three. story it is but they're it's all window dressing every st- i know i agree it's window dressing but watching arrival i was also very aware of the fact that a lot of the plot was window dressing so i we're not talking about arrival yet so i won't get into it now but i don't i don't agree <laughs> okay where i was going with this was like like i've been playing well not recently but i started playing breath of the wild Mm-hmm. Right. And that one is entirely discovery and story based. Like you go around talking to people, putting together a story. It's completely like open. There isn't any like sort of specific like there's a quest, but it's not a guided quest as like, hey, now I need you to go here. Mm-hmm. And then you follow like a dot on the map to that place. Right. Like it's very is very open that way. Like it's that's by design. It's like that. Uh, like I was talking when we had press start to join on the show uh i mentioned breath of the wild and how i was enjoying it and i was like you know i had like the different aspects about the weapons and stuff i was like oh it sucks that like you know you can't have whatever and they're like oh just wait it's like (laughs) it'll come i'm like like what do you mean what do you mean just wait it's like oh don't worry like and like they're like oh we don't want to spoil it for you right because yeah yeah. that is part of the story is being like oh sweet like i've been waiting so long to get this new shield and now i finally have one or something Mm -hmm. like that right whereas like if i had already known how to do that and there's obviously like gameplay walkthroughs yeah and like i know like nick's been has said a couple times that uh uh with pokemon like the mainstream games like he'll look up playthroughs or guides to know kind of what to do right during the game to set himself up to be successful or to get whatever end goal or whatever right Mm -hmm. like and I, i totally appreciate that desire that aspect but like for myself i think that kind of game i'd want to preserve the storyline mm-hmm. in some regard sure. right like maybe look up you know which pokemon to make sure you get good ones of and right which ones not to just so you don't it's end a up very slippery slope like, and a fine line about what you want to know and what you don't like I, kind the, of the number of rhydons that i deleted and gengars <laughs> too early on in the game that i would give almost anything to have back like to have that information is like i it's 50 or 100 at least to be fair at that point Rhydon and even gengar sucked like they weren't as good as they were now but that's also just no one could have guessed that like gengar had that's what i mean gengar had guessed gengar had precedent to be good because it was so good in the main games Mm -hmm. so it's like it needs to be fixed yeah whereas Rhydon, like i'm not as familiar with the mainstream games to know if he was supposed to be good or not like I, I wouldn't have as easily expected him to be good as the way that... And even then, Rydon's not that good. No, but I'm like not saying Rydon's good. I'm was. saying coming up in the fall oh, at some for point, period? Well, I'm going to want to have some Rydons. <laughs> yeah. Well, you knew about that like last year at But least. I didn't know about the IVs at that point, or at least I didn't know how important they were going to turn out to be when you were much higher levels. Like I was like, oh, I'm level eight. The IVs don't matter, Like, but I should have been aware of them. Even, it's that kind uh, of thing. That's a separate separate thing, but I still don't think IVs matter as much as people make them out to be. Like they're more for collecting and novelty, like just having pride and, and being able to say, "Oh, this is a high IV one that I'm powering up." Right, but they're the ones you invest in. You wouldn't invest in something that isn't but high IV. Practically speaking, they're going to perform pretty much the same. Uh, but they're, they're going to perform the same, but cognitively, that's what I'm saying. It's very difficult to invest in a low IV yeah. one. Once you know no. about it, you're like. I look every day at the stupid decisions I made about where to put my stardust early on. And now that I'm level 40 and like there's a cap on where as good as they can get, 
I'm like, why did it, why is my Vaporeon at like this very bad Vaporeon at level 35 or whatever it is? Like it doesn't, should never have happened. Yeah. Because they've already implemented trading and friendship, which encourages the and and TMs and the uh, IV reroll for lucky. Yeah. I think that at some point there's going to be a way to like improve your Pokemon's IVs. I can't see how they couldn't. Yeah. But I can also see how they wouldn't. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like they've already acknowledged that IVs can be changed by trading. Yeah. And that's a pretty, pretty crazy thing. Like that it was assumed that the IVs were the IVs and that's why people were saving high IV ones to trade. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, now it's like, well, it kind of goes out the window. Yeah. But I, I assume that they are doing some kind of research on how the IV rerolls happen right now, because I think it's it's become clear to me from the trades that I've done that the IVs don't are much less likely to change a lot. Like if you have something that's really low IV, odds are it's not going to jump way up to the top. It might get a little better. Right. That's just a theory that is kind of in my own headcanon. Like I'm not going to trade bad IV things hoping that they get way better because it hasn't really ever happened for me. The stuff that's been okay has stayed okay or gotten good or gotten slightly worse, but there hasn't been any massive IV changes that I've seen. I don't know. At least they're a lot less likely. I'm pretty sure current understanding is that they get fully re-rolled and then with that different floor based on your friendship level. Mm -hmm. I think that's still kind of the standing. I think that's the understanding, but I feel like research is going to show that there's more to it. That's just, again, not coming from any knowledge. But again, like bringing it back to spoilers, knowing how that happens, I wouldn't consider that being a spoiler. No, it's not I consider that good knowledge to be able to play the game as Mm -hmm. best as you can. Yeah. Right? Today's show is brought to you in part by ATB. On this show, we're frequently talking about the future. Where's technology taking us and how can we benefit the most from it today and going forward? As a consumer, it can be exciting to get the first release of a product or software, but it often comes at the risk of it not functioning perfectly or a better model coming out shortly after. I know I'm often on a lot of the beta software versions and I run into my own types of bugs, uh, software not performing, not you know, staying open, crash, have to submit bug reports, all that kind of stuff. And even when it comes to new devices, there's often new models coming out that have higher definition cameras or better smart functionality. And it can get a little bit frustrating, but I know for, for myself, I find it worth uh, being an early adopter of technology and software because I get to see some of those new features uh, before a lot of other people do. So ATB ensures a balance of prioritizing their research and implementation of up-and-coming technologies to best benefit their customers using a three-horizon structure. Horizon 1 is an immediate market need. There is high demand, but also high market competition. An example of this would be ATB's machine learning research. Horizon 2 is at a 60% market assuredness. Less demand, but a definite place for it in the market, such as voice interaction with home AI assistants like the lady in a can or Google Home. Horizon 3 is on the 5 to 10 year scale. Uh, an example of this would be something like body implants for the wearable tech space or quantum computing. To hear more about ATB's 3H methodology, head to atbalphabeta.com to learn more. Thanks to ATB for supporting today's show. Where are we, where are we on spoilers here? Well, so I've said that I don't care. Like I want to know everything about a th- piece of media before consuming it. I have an anecdote actually. Uh, again from a few years ago that I don't want to convince anybody that they should 
do this, like live their life the same way that I do. But it is a lot lower energy to not have to worry about spoilers. And I get the benefit of discovering something that I otherwise might not have even cared about. Like you mentioned with trailers sometimes, if you're, if you don't necessarily want to see a movie. So big hero six is a movie that came out probably a few years ago. Now I never watched it when it came out. I was, I, I thought it was a, uh, I thought it was something and I watched it this summer and it turned out to be something completely different. And I really, really liked it, but I never would have watched the movie if I hadn't watched a thing that kind of talked about what it was actually about. Um, I should plug the YouTube channel that I'm assuming it came from because it just seems like that kind of thing. Uh, you've heard of the channel called Cinema Sins, right? You brought they it up. They do like the everything wrong with whatever movie. If you haven't seen it on YouTube, I'm, I'd be very surprised, but it sounds like you have. I, I don't watch YouTube at all. I'm probably wow. way behind on Gray's videos even. <laughs> I don't, I don't even think Grace put out a video in like a year. Oh, that's good then. <laughs> Not that behind. <laughs> uh, maybe one in the last year or two. Uh, or one or two in the last year. Um, so yeah, th- this video called Everything Wrong With Whatever Movie. And they go through and they... Uh, I feel differently than I did when I first discovered this channel. They they nitpick movies and they'll like point out things that are wrong, continuity errors, things that they think aren't are dumb or whatever. I used to really like that channel and would like kind of laugh along and... Just kind of funny and then i discovered this channel that was created kind of to counter like in in opposition to that channel like friendly opposition called cinema wins where this guy talks about all the positive aspects of the movie so like they'll uh, cinema sins if they have if there's some kind of cliche they'll mention it and then they'll say like that's a knock against the movie whereas this channel if there's some there, he's got like a, a series of things that if the character says something that's like really truly accurate for the movie in real life he'll give it a win because it's like the character is expressing something that is like just so true. Or if the, like it, it, it's hard to describe in kind of uh, without actually just like watching a clip of it. But uh, there are certain actors, for instance, if they're in a movie, if, if they have some really good line or some really good acting or some scene um, he's got like this list of people that are always a win. So like if I think, uh, like Tom Cruise and Mission Impossible. He really likes the Mission Impossible movies. He just recently did them. And he's like, Tom Cruise is always a win whenever he's in the movie because he's just like goes a, all like out. a point of humor. Yeah. 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 Right. It's like Tom Cruise win. Like yeah. just. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> and I found like since I discovered this channel, I've transitioned from liking Cinema Sins to not watching Cinema Sins anymore and loving the Cinema Wins channel because. I find looking for the positive things in movies, even movies that are kind of widely regarded as being bad. I really like, like I just recently, the, the, the cinema wins for inside out came out literally this morning while I was sitting here getting set up, I was watching the inside out one and I love that movie. And so I knew the kind of things he was going to say about it, but it was, it's so like cathartic to hear all these good things about movies you like and to learn things about movies you don't like. So he did Big Hero 6 and it made me realize like I was like this is a totally different movie than I was expecting it to be so I watched it having seen like I, I saw 20 minutes out of the video basically because he's showing clips as as he's going through and I st- I love the movie even more having <coughs> having been introduced to it mm. I knew it Teddy was gonna make sounds mm. <laughs> um, so yeah he, he did that uh, the other example that I have is from a podcast that I don't listen to anymore but it's the, um, I think it's the Tested podcast from with Adam Savage from MythBusters. Okay. 
so he and a couple of guys from this company that he works with, uh, they do this. Uh, I think it's, a, I guess it's a book club technically. Like they'll do a, they call it a spoiler cast, but they'll talk about something of media, like similar to what, uh, what we've talked about with the incomparable and with, with the content of this episode. Um, and they did the book of the Martian and I had never heard of it. And it was like, it was relatively low. Like the movie hadn't even been theorized at that point. They talked about it and I was like, I don't know about this book. Like maybe I won't even listen to this episode. And then I ended up listening to the podcast episode and hearing the way they talked about the book. I was just like, this sounds like exactly what I would love. And so like the next day I went out and got the book and like the next night I finished it. And that since then I've read that book like five times and I've read his other book and I've read like, if I had never listened to that episode and been spoiled about the book, I never would have realized that I loved it so much. And like, I never would have even read it. Right. So, I mean, I probably would have seen the movie cause it became this huge Hollywood thing, but uh, it was fascinating hearing about this piece of media that, came into my circle through spoilers, like through full on spoilers. But I was still like, I was still very like intrigued to read it and had a great time reading it and then following how they were going to make the movie and Matt Damon was going to be in it and all this good stuff. So, so if I told you on the Martian, like say, say I was like, Hey, I saw the Martian the other day and Mm -hmm. you hadn't seen it. And I've been like, Oh, and not you specifically, just someone, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, Oh, how was it like what what was it about and i was like oh you know matt damon goes to mars and then it looks like he's not going to get back but then he does <laughs> it's like <laughs> right and then so it's like i didn't i didn't tell anything but i just spoiled the ending is that anything he- though like that's again like that's where i get into the whole that's one percent of the story that's like way less than one percent of the story but, but, but part of the experience of watching the movie is trying to figure out if he's going to make it back or not sure but like that's the whole is, premise is that his survival sure right so i i understand what you're saying but if you heard that he didn't make it would that make you not want to read it like if you heard the ending to a story does that make you not want to experience the story it I, would be like i feel to, like i feel like as i'm reading it i'm like but I'm, i already know that so say like oh he's gonna plant a bunch of potatoes it's like well he's gonna die so like why is he doing that (laughs) (laughs) so have you ever known the score of a sports game and then watched it because i have i I feel like i've i've only done that when the team that i wanted to win won (laughs) so you don't want a bad outcome and you're like if you know there's gonna be a bad outcome you wouldn't experience that thing like if you know he's gonna die you wouldn't read it because you're like oh he dies but the person that I should have been rooting for didn't succeed. Kind of, because it's like, it's like, I'm so say for like hockey, like I've, I've done that a long time ago for like a Stanley cup. I think mm-hmm. it was like a Stanley cup final, mm-hmm. say like New Jersey versus Dallas or something like that. Sure. And that's West East, right? You're, yeah. You're really dating yourself. Yeah, I know. By <laughs> those being the successful teams, but <laughs> go on. <laughs> Right. So I, and so I turned it on. I'm like, oh yeah, like New Jersey won. That's really exciting. And then it's like, I want to see how, like how they won. Right. Sure. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, you know, like Scott Stevens got this huge hit and like, oh, that was a crazy save. Like, right. That's, that's the enjoyment that you're not getting just by knowing the score. Right. Yeah. And, and you're happy. You're excited because you're waiting for the end. You're like, oh, like they're going to win. Mm-hmm. Right. And you want to see the back and forth. And like, I think you can still get enjoyment out of that. 
Yeah. But if I if it was the other way, where it's like, well, they lost. It's like, well, how close were they to winning? Like, I don't want to know that. Like, that's just crushing because it's like, so like, oh, they're they're up to nothing, but they still end up losing. It's like, how is that fun? <laughs> so what if you know that it's a really good game, like objectively a good game still, for both teams? Personally, I still want to want to watch it if my team didn't win. Hmm. Okay, because they like there's a whole there are whole channels about like classic NHL games that are broadcast. Like you can watch a game with the Montreal sure. Canadiens from the '60s. But if if I'm not, I don't know, even for that. Like if I'm not vested, if I don't have a vested interest in not vested in like financial right, but, sense or anything, but it, like just if I don't have like an interest in what happens, if I don't sure, have but that's a horse like, in that's the like race. saying if I don't care about the outcome of a movie, I don't want to watch. It's like you, the the premise is that you're invested in this. Team. I don't know. I, I'm rethinking now. I I don't think I'd watch a game if okay so. If, if if I was cheering for a specific team mm-hmm. and found out they won, I still want to slash be okay watching the game. See it. I'd yeah. want to see the win. If I found out that they lost, I wouldn't want to. And if I were to watch a game where I didn't care one way or the other which team won, but I still knew the outcome, I still wouldn't want to watch. Would you watch the highlights? Oh yeah, of course I would. So you just wouldn't want to suffer like the you wouldn't no, want exactly. the drawn out loss yeah. part. That's the drama. I don't want to watch. I don't go through drama if it's there's if it's, no payoff. Uh, if there's a foregone conclusion, even yeah. unless they no, win. No, a negative, a negative yeah, foregone yeah. conclusion. <laughs> or in the case where I wouldn't care either way who won, hmm. because I'm all the only enjoyment I'm getting is the closeness and the outcome, not right. any specific outcome. But, I would okay. want to watch. So that's that's the difference between highlights and the full game because you'd watch. Really, you'd watch any highlights. Oh, You're yeah. not saying you wouldn't watch the highlights. No. Okay. Uh, watching highlights, if my team loses, and I say my team as if I actually follow sports, because I don't. Not well, anymore, anyway. The Avalanche, come on. You know uh, what they're doing. They're losing. <laughs> um, so, like, if I'm, if I'm watching highlights and my team loses, it's, like, cathartic to be like, oh, man, they should have had that. Sure. Oh, why would they do that? Like, right, it's, you, you kind of go, it's like almost like a grieving process. And it's like, you know, you're, you're seeing what happened. It's like an autopsy, right? Yeah. And it's like, okay, like, yeah. Okay. And then you can kind of convince like, yeah, you know, like the other team, like they kind of killed us, like, or, or they, that was close, but you know, we almost had it like, oh, maybe if we do this next game, like, but you're not going through like an hour's worth of sure. drawn out foregone conclusion, like you said. Huh. That's very interesting. Cause I, I don't, I can't point to a specific time where I've done that with a sporting event. But I don't think that I wouldn't just because my team had lost. Like, just because I knew the score and it was bad for the team that I wanted to win. But mo- that, that might just also be because I haven't really cared. Like, I've, I've gone to sports the last at least several years. I've gone to sports because I like watching the sport, not because I'm like, I really want my team to win. Like we have the Red Blacks here, but but you but you still don't know what the end of the game is going to be like, right? But I don't actually care if we lose. I'm not like broken up about that's, it. I'm that's just different like, though. Okay, but you still, game you still, over. <laughs> you still get enjoyment out of the game by just watching it. Yeah. Right. Even if you don't care who wins mm-hmm. or your team loses, like you still enjoyed watching yes, the game. I did. Even if you got killed, you there's still enjoyment if in watching if the good process happened of it. in the game. Yeah. And you can still like hold out hope or you can yeah. be like, oh man, we're sucking. Oh, I bet they're going to miss that. Like mm-hmm. there's a process to that, right? Like, right. But uh, would you, would you go to like Boston pizza and be like, let's go watch this game that happened a week ago 
I think I, I think I like I wouldn't I would don't think I would go out of my way to do that because right. I have other things to do with my time. But if that was the kind of thing I if the kind of thing I would do is go to Boston Beach and watch a current game, I think I would do it also for a game that happened in the past. A current game, like if I was going to watch a live game that hadn't ended yet. Like if that's not a thing I do, I don't go to a bar to watch a game. Sure. But if I did go to a bar to watch a game, I would watch an old game, like a super old game, uh, like more than a season old i guess and you knew and you knew what that outcome was if that's, i like that's a whole that's a whole point though that's a whole premise at that the when it actually happened is irrelevant to the context because like as effectively it's the same as watching it as if it was happening live like to you it's new sure that's true so like a, an example i can give i guess is basketball where i don't care about the outcome of a game but there's a lot of points that are scored like there's not a lot of like in so if you're watching soccer unless it's like, unless it's like <laughs> yeah this this last world cup was actually pretty good for that like you could almost watch any game and be a pretty good game yeah soccer is exciting if you're watching it live but watching soccer like if you know that only two goals are scored in 90 minutes it's not that like especially if they get scored pretty early <laughs> like Right. You're watching for like 70 minutes and you know no goals are going to be scored. Um with with a thing like basketball, you can appreciate skill and points being scored frequently. So like I think I would watch the Golden State Warriors an older like an old game that I already knew the score of just because I think it's like exciting to see the people who are good at what they do be doing it. But yeah, that's I could see that. Cuz there's that's, more yeah. Yeah, it's like it's almost like the box score is the trailer for the game, right? And so for basketball specifically, I think, and maybe even maybe football, football a little, maybe ish. hockey a little, yeah. depending on like uh, if, if, if the game was like six five or something, yeah. maybe <laughs> for all those six five yeah. games. No, like yeah, I see. Uh, yeah. I see what you're saying about basketball. I can. It's the it's the events, yeah. the scoring events, or the exciting events right. per minute of play. That would have to be relatively high for me to want right. to watch it because otherwise yeah like i mentioned if, if it's soccer and over an hour and a half two things happen and you know that you're gonna be spending the next 90 minutes to watch two things happen uh, or like maybe <laughs> some saves or whatever that, like i'm not saying that's the only exciting part of soccer but right. you know what the final outcome is and you know how many things happened and yeah the also usually in like if you get the one line score like the two line score of a soccer game it's usually this is the score these are the people that scored in this minute like that's how the scores are written out so you could like, really focus you in on that game. time yeah, yeah exactly okay should we should we talk about arrival before sure it goes too we've, long here we've not spoiled it for long nope. enough get ready arrival you're gonna get spoiled <laughs> uh so where should we start? Uh, so I've specifically not told you anything about my thoughts about the movie. No, except and I, that, I specifically haven't asked because except I that I some of it to. was window dressing. But that's mm, true. So how do you want to do this, or how did you envision doing this? Okay, so I guess we can give a quick premise of the movie, like basically sure. the first five minutes, the first five or ten. Yeah, right. it's pretty much you pretty much understand what's going to happen. Yeah, like, so it's it's generally. set in present day. Um, though based on the amount of TV that people still watched, you'd think it was like <laughs> 10 years ago. Nobody was watching YouTube at all. So yeah. Um, actually we'll get into that, but, um, we so will. It's, okay. It's, yeah. So, so we'll, it's set in present day and 
people are going about their daily business and then all of a sudden breaking news ufos have landed well hmm. arrived they I, haven't can, technically landed can i say just in the opening part like i talked about not liking thrillers and not liking jump scares and that kind of thing if i had known going in that there was only one kind of even slightly jump moment and not even then it wasn't i would have enjoyed the movie more so that's one reason like I, th- I think i said before I, I like what was the jump moment i can just say specifically what happened yeah i, I don't know which is it was it the explosion thing no the explosion it was very well oh, choreographed yeah. i knew that was coming right um telegraphed anyways uh it was the moment where the alien put its pod on the glass really quickly the first time i was just like i didn't know it was gonna happen it came really fast it was, there was no light or sound or anything it was just like loud jarring which thing. one was that one when they first, when she first put her hand on the glass, and then it put its hand on too. Really that fast. was not a jump scare. It wasn't, but it was the closest. Me? It was the closest thing to oh a jump gosh. scare. I'm saying I appreciated the movie. So in the beginning of the movie, I appreciated that this was all introduced by, uh, like, not narration, but like through exposition, not exposition either, through story. Like it was passive. It was passively happening to Amy Adams, but we weren't we weren't seeing it happen. We were seeing her seeing it happen. And I appreciate that as opposed to seeing like the pod come jettisoning down through the atmosphere and like, I guess it didn't crash. Right. But, like, like it was like a first person. Well, second person. It, yeah. Second person. Movie, second or I guess? third person. Well, not third. Cause you're, ba- you are basically seeing it from her point of view. That's her that's point like, of view. Yeah. Right. But as a th- outside party, not yeah. from herself. So that's yeah. where the second person comes in. Yeah. Which I appreciate that. I think that. Most, I guess a lot of movies are like third person movies. I wanted this to be a documentary. I, I've, I've thought that like 25 minutes in. I was like, I'd appreciate if this was like a documentary format instead like, of like narrated. Yeah. Well, like when they did that kind of, uh, what was it? What do you call that montage where um, Hawkeye was narrating? I really liked it. I liked that. I wanted the whole movie to be At that. At the end? No, in the middle. Okay. He was like, anyways. Tell me about it. Anyway, so coming back to the, what, what, this premise was so there's a number of ufos 12 to be exact that arrived on earth and the whole movie is spent trying to figure out why they're here yeah right that's that's what, what that's is really all you need earth? to know so yeah um amy adams plays a linguistic expert mm. i guess I, she's a phd actually can i interject again <laughs> sure. you're gonna keep doing this i'm gonna keep telling you things like i haven't given you an overall how i feel about the movie but I really appreciate a lot of little details. Like I said, the passive narration type, not narration, but storytelling type of thing where things are happening, but we don't see them directly. I like that. I also liked that she wrote down her name because now I'm going to remember her character's name. Whereas other movies, I just, I'm like, oh, Hawkeye or whatever. Um, But her name was Louise because she wrote it down. Right. And I appreciated that. Everyone should wear name tags in movies. Everyone should, <laughs> Everyone should wear name tags all the time. That's why I felt watching Infinity War. I was like, I forget who that character. Like, I obviously knew the obvious ones, but yeah. I was like, the, the, those, like the brother, the brother sister, like the villains. Those, no, the, the two heroes that were like wizards, kind of, but not Wong and Doctor Strange. Not Doctor Strange. The girl and the guy, and they were like a. Bro- they looked like I thought they were like brother sister. The villains or the no the heroes. Were they in love? Maybe. Are you talking about maybe Vision, like husband and wife. And Vision and Scarlet Witch? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. They, they had like a brother-sister thing at first, but then they started talking about like being together. I'm like, wait, <laughs> this doesn't sound right. Yeah, they're definitely they're okay. romantically involved. Yeah. Anyway. Um, 
what was I saying? Oh, about the name tags. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I kept forgetting their names. I was like, I knew who they were, but I, if you asked me yeah. who they were, I was like, I, yeah, obviously just now I couldn't tell you who they were. <laughs> um, okay, so aliens arrive. Amy Adams is asked to come and help in the process of figuring out why they're here because she's a linguistic expert. Mm-hmm. So being a linguistic expert, obviously she's able to figure out alien language. That's the premise. Not obviously, but she because she knows how languages work. I, I she said can, obviously in a sarcastic yeah, way. But okay. No, I, I actually appreciated that part of the movie again, kind of most of all, the initial part where it was like, we need you because you know how languages work and you can right. kind of piece, a, piece together whether their communication with us has any form. I, I really like that because that is what a linguist would do. Um, so her counterpart to the movie was Hawkeye, mm-hmm. Ian, Jeremy he also wrote Renner, down his yeah. name. Yes. <laughs> he did write down his name. Yeah. <laughs> I still call him Hawkeye cause he's, he's Hawkeye in every movie now. Yeah. <laughs> Just like how David Schwimmer is always going to be Ross. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, there's this whole panic all over the world and Louise, Dr. Louise is asked to assist. So the rest of the movie is spent her trying to communicate with the aliens and figure out why they're here, what they can do, hopefully not get attacked and just figure stuff out, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I was interested in talking about this because they had a couple interesting ideas thrown around, <laughs> to say the least. Um, it, it's not as tech focused as Ex Machina would have been, right. but it still introduces a couple different ideas more in societal mm-hmm. uses mm-hmm. of tech and how they're kind of used to solve problems yeah versus futury tech definitely where, where like it was going. all realistic there was no like stretching well, of imagination in the, we'll in the human technology we'll, we'll get into that well okay so did you i'm expecting this happened over months so i expect i thought the development was okay but you can you can disagree did you like the movie <laughs> we're jumping right to it well, I want to start with that, and then we can um, get into the final details. I liked details. aspects of it, but I didn't like how it ended. I didn't like like where it went, like the theme, like thematically. Yeah, I'm spoiling this. Okay, I'm That's not. Okay. Jump, I'm not this dancing is, around. This I'm not is dancing spoiler, around it. This is spoiler plot. Yeah, uh, I didn't like how it just became a story about her life. Like there was a whole thing about talking about how humanity needed help or humanity needed to help them and then it was just like oh that aliens are gone it's actually just about her like it was it it was weird it's like why were the aliens even there in the first place they but you just said they needed our help but they they, it was never addressed again once they said that it was because it was gonna be in three thousand years you wanted the movie to jump three thousand years ahead i wanted to know what happened like (laughs) well that made that's that's probably gonna be like a rival too you don't think they're gonna leave themselves open for a sequel (laughs) I don't I left when the movie ended I was very unsatisfied with like mm. all it was was like a love story told with weird timing and then there were aliens and like all the other stuff was added on to make it a full story but not that it needs to be more than that but that's not what I was expecting it to be at all mm. and so I was kind of like oh I wanted like the 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 aliens were entirely kind of used to tell the story of her there was nothing about i wanted there to be more like about their civilization or like all that but it just completely went the other direction yeah it's almost like the aliens made her important 
Right. Like she was the key with her future telling abilities. And it was almost like this, like almost like a superhero origin story. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. But in a weird way, like in the same way that, uh, yeah. In the same way that I felt like just timeline wise, it didn't make any sense. I I got the same feeling at the end of interstellar where I was like, this Mm. created itself, but how did it create itself if it didn't exist in the first, like it, it was, there was a chicken and egg problem in both movies. And I, I felt Interstellar had less closure than this one had. I felt I like this one had zero closure. It had closure on what I felt were the important parts of the story. Like mm-hmm. the the aspect of them needing humanity's help, like that part is interesting. But I think when they said, oh, 3,000 years, it's like, well, that's way far away. I don't need to worry about that. Mm-hmm. But if they're like, oh, we need your help in like 10 years mm-hmm. or like, and I actually have that as a note here. It's like that 3,000 year time scale, like it's that almost... The in-between time where it's far out enough that you really don't have to be worried about it, but close enough to think that people will be around then. Right. Like it's not a million years from now. Yeah. Like 3,000 in the time, in the time scale of like Earth's history, like that's not long at all. Mm -hmm. Like that doesn't even cover. Yeah. Like half of human history. This movie also came out. Modern human history. It came out before the Donald Trump presidency, so we had a lot longer feeling lifespan, like as humanity, <laughs> than we do now. I feel like watching it now, I'm like, eh, 3,000 years are probably not going to be around. I think in that case, it'd be more like, we need the alien's help. Yes. <laughs> we have this guy. Yeah. You yeah. say you have a weapon. The idea the idea that, the, that under the current U.S. administration that they wouldn't immediately, like, fire missiles at them was just like laughable. Like the fact he was very clearly created in kind of more peaceful political times. <laughs> Sorry, which one? The, just the, the fact that the U S government wouldn't immediately just fire missiles at it. Right. They're like, yeah, let's, in, in let's this case, go, it was the, let's like walk up to it and <laughs> learn about yeah. it. No, in this case it was like the Chinese and then five other yeah. or six other countries that would have followed suit. I am fairly confident in the same way that the Martian movie made the Chinese government out to be like these kind of hero characters. I suspect that this movie included the the Chinese being like kind of political leaders among kind of that Eastern bloc is to appeal to Chinese audiences. Maybe. That's how I read it. When they said like, oh, the Chinese, whatever, the leader of the People's Republican Army or Republic Army uh, is seen as a like impressive force and all the other countries are probably going to do what China says. I was like, that line, that character in line is in there because they want Chinese audience to go, oh, there you go. Right. When the reference to like Mahjong and like playing games and like hammers and nails and just, yeah, this superiority type Mm -hmm. thing for the Chinese. That one, so I took a couple linguistics classes in university as my uh, electives, and that is a really true thing with language in that if you have a word for stuff, it becomes the way you think about things. I don't know if you've ever um, kind of heard or learned anything about this, but um, there there are languages that don't have words for left and right. They have no sense of comparing direction with you the only words they have are north south east west so that people in that uh in that culture in that they use that language would say it would they're really good at directions first of all they have like it everyone has an innate perfect sense of direction and so like if you're standing facing east you would describe your north foot and your south foot 
Like there's no. Oh, really? Yeah, it's crazy, and they don't have a concept for it. There, there, there are. Uh, are these like old languages? Like, well, like not extinct, not ancient, but just. But like, yeah, no, they're but used like, by like, small uh, groups. Yeah, they're not. They're not like massive. Right. Millions of people speak it. Right. Um, there's all kinds of things like that where uh, even even talking about how the color words were developed. Um, if you go back, I, I haven't actually read like the Iliad and the Odyssey, but apparently the words that are used for color, they describe like the, the uh, I'm going to misremember the exact details, but they describe the ocean as being a color that isn't blue because the word for blue hadn't yet been invented. So it was described as being some different color. And, and there's actually a progression of um, how languages develop words for nuanced colors. And one of the things that is kind of super interesting uh, about the Russian language is they have two words for blue, what we would consider a lighter blue, what we would consider a darker blue. They have two totally separate words for it. And so they are able to describe blue things in greater detail because they have more words for it. Like they are able to see differences between different blues better than English speakers are because they have different words to describe it. It's a really fascinating phenomenon that... Uh, is entirely about language. So when they, when they were talking about mahjong and like if you're if you're using the language that relates to a competitive game, like she mentions, that actually would make you uh, kind of think there's this like every situation would have to be win lose. You'd be constantly thinking about whether you have the advantage or not. And so I found that aspect of it really interesting and accurate. So I'm I'm guessing they had a linguist on on this movie working right. on right the technology yeah, no, I, around it. Yeah, that was kind of hand wavy, right. but like I was. I was pretty convinced that she was a linguistics expert. Like yeah. at no point, like in a lot of these movies where they have a supposed like expert, like say yeah. like a space person or whatever, it's like they'll start saying stuff. I feel like a real space person wouldn't say yeah. that, right? Yeah. Like or a real expert on whatever mm-hmm. wouldn't say that. And I don't, not that I know like a ton about linguistics, but like it was enough to have me buy into her being like, an yeah. expert oh definitely i agree um and just her character like i've liked amy adams for a while like yeah. she's pretty good in almost every movie that i see her in yeah. like she's a very like relatable character and like like you she's very like non-offensive yeah right so it's like even though she's an expert she's not egotistical yeah she's not she doesn't have the superiority thing she's just like in this movie she's actually very like humble Yep. And like yep. almost like non-confident in her ability to do things, which I think helps you buy more into her ability. It's like, no, like she actually does know what she's doing. Like mm-hmm. in the ideas she's coming up with, like we're pretty much right away. She's like, okay, I'm not going to be able to do this like audio thing. Like I need yeah. to write. Right. Yeah. And like linking the writing and the speaking. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, wow. Like their real language is well, like, or the most translatable language is the written language, not the spoken language. Right. Yeah. And like that part was kind of hand wavy where like immediately they're like oh writing and i'll write this and then yeah. they developed this software that could translate english to alien yeah. or hep- heptapod as they called yeah. the aliens yeah. like and that was one of the things that i found interesting was they kept bringing in software that did stuff <laughs> like they showed the yeah. like the spectral analysis right away um and then that graphic recognition to break down the heptapod yeah. symbols yeah. that they were using and then they built this like translation software mm-hmm. on an iPad that well presumably it's running on a server somewhere but yeah 
No, it was all very instantaneous <laughs> native application. I appreciate, no, she, because she was writing words. Like, I appreciated that she was, like, putting together the thoughts she wanted to express. And then they had the software that, like, compiled it into a symbol. And then it was, like, it actually did take a little bit of time to do. I appreciated that they, it was clear that they were much better speakers of this language. And that she needed, at least until, like, she had her Lucy moment, she needed, uh, the she needed the software to be able to put things together in any right. kind of quick time scale. I wonder if the like so you know how when you're speaking with a person who's speaking your language as a second language, mm-hmm. how it can be like kind of broken, like things might not be conjugated the way that they, you know, quote unquote should be, mm-hmm. but you still know what they're saying. Yep. Like you don't have to try very hard to like it's not like the meaning's not lost. Like you can still get the message across. I presume that's probably what they were doing when they were doing this translation. Yeah, exactly. Like they probably broke down the heptopod language into like subject, object, action, right. You know, different parts of the sentence Mm -hmm. or the thought that was being expressed by these symbols. And we're able to have some sort of like loose translation. Right. That was eloquent. It wasn't full sentences. It was like, ideas being communicated when and you could see and i thought it was interesting and they kind of covered their bases doing this like (laughs) where it didn't look like they're directly translating but they they imported in the symbol yeah and then on the one side it showed all the elements of the symbol yep and the one symbol had like 20 different elements yeah but you could see how they were all related Yep. And you could guess what they were trying to say. Exactly. Right? So it was yeah. like, so they put in like, you know, why are you here? Yeah. And then their response, the translations was like, offer, gift, tool, mm-hmm. weapon, and then technology, like, like technology, yeah, like a whole bunch of different things. And it's like, okay, I can kind of see what you're trying to say here. Yeah. And yeah. it was enough yeah. to kind of continue and move forward. It's like the game taboo, except you're trying to say the word that you're like you have a list of words and you're like oh that's what that is okay yeah yeah and and that's ultimately what linguistics is all about and again mm-hmm. i think they did that pretty well here and even from the start where they talked about you know asked so and so about the translation for war yeah in sanskrit sanskrit and then the guy gave some word and then she's like oh no that's it means something about buffalo or whatever i want lots of buffalo or right or cattle or cows or whatever right Right. like so basically like it could have two meanings depending on the context Mm -hmm. or whatever right so and that's obviously why her character was the one doing this is because she seemed to have an understanding of putting things into context right there's so there's only so closely you can watch a movie when you have a infant and so i there were little things that i felt like i should i would need to rewatch the movie to really understand like it they made it seem like the other guy they had picked or that they were going to go and meet up with or whatever, or use had died. Is that a thing? They were like carrying no. some guy off in a body bag or at least. Oh, no, looked. no, no, no. Like, you know, so the, there's the Berkeley guy who they were going to pick instead mm-hmm. of her. Yeah. And then, and they, then came they came back and to her, her after right. they came back to her after they asked him the Sanskrit thing. And that, that convinced them to go with her. Right. Cause she, she basically predicted that he would give a wrong translation or interpretation of that right. word right uh the thing with a body bag like that was just like oh not everyone can handle the the stuff like but i don't think it was even a body bag it was just like a stretcher is that so because so, to me it seemed like everyone would have been fine but she actually had the nerve to 
be like to trust them enough to not immediately murder her with noxious gas or something. Oh, no. Like, so, you know, when they're going up into the capsule. Yeah. Or the oh, ship, right? So it was like gravity sickness or motion sickness. Or whatever. Yeah. Or just nerves or like okay, just okay. panic. Like, okay. So yeah, they weren't that, necessarily dead. They were just oh no taking care. Yeah. At that point, they were still unsure if they were contaminated with something, and so they were taking precautions. That's that was your interpretation no, of that. My interpretation was like they just literally like emotionally and physical response couldn't handle going up into the ship. Right. And so they but they brought them back down in this bubble bag. Right. Because they didn't want to contaminate because they still I, didn't know if it was clean. Yes. In yeah. There. They hadn't like hosed them off and because they were all right. They all had like the decontamination rooms and they right. were all in these bubbles and. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. They, I really liked it from a linguistics point of view. Um, I didn't really like it from an alien's point of view because it wasn't really a movie about aliens. And I learned that like whatever three quarters of the way through. I was like, okay, this isn't about aliens. I'm not going to get the alien stuff I wanted. <laughs> what, what more alien stuff did you want? I like wanted, learning more about them? I wanted to know what was actually happening. Like all they said is like, we need help. Right, but that they wasn't didn't the story. Say what the help was the, it, the, the that's story, I mean. but they made it pretty clear from the start with all like the uh, flash forwards as we end yeah, up learning know, at the end of the movie. I know, right? Like it, it was, and that's why I'm saying like it's almost like a like I think what you said earlier was actually pretty accurate. That it's like a love story with alien window dressing. Yeah, right. And the like the whole time travel part. It would be like a it would be a really boring movie if it was just like there are time travel love stories that has been a th- that's basically what this is but not really it's like a non-linear timeline love story where the guy divorces her wait what do you mean well at the end that was the that was the whole that was the other part of the story did you not get that part no not at all at the very end well in like the last 20 minutes that we find out because remember she's like well I've, i re- i found out why my husband left me and then hawkeye was like you were married i, I remember that part right but i i assumed that was so I'm the one thing explain that the movie here to you. The one thing that wasn't clear to me, and I kind of, I expect that I just didn't understand it, but that that's what it was, is that it was all meant to kind of be a loop. And that was why the language was written in circles. And that was why. What was the, meant to be a loop? The whole, like the movie was meant to be a loop. No. And kind of though, like in that time was nonlinear and the, like the whole story kind of doesn't start over per se, but it kind of does. Okay. Except, so what was happening with the aliens was the present. Mm-hmm. all these flash what looked backs. to be and what what i thought were flashbacks were actually flash forwards right right yeah and then there's a whole like inception thing that they threw in there yeah 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 which was like i didn't actually catch that at first like it was only the second time like Wait, holy what crap they're like inceptioning it? this where that, where the chinese that was like minister, super clear to me how i don't understand how i don't know could- i think i was i think when i was first watching it i was like trying to th- piece together like something else i don't know i just it went over my head like i just i just missed it completely the first part about how he was doing that for her to be able to see at that time right right because well, like I, I think i missed a part where it's like oh i feel i think you i think i'm supposed to show you this i didn't catch that part at first mm. where like it showed that he was intending for that to be like an inception moment right which i didn't pick up on at first so how how would they have like they got divorced in the past no okay because she said she 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 first met ian Mm -hmm. during this alien thing right yes okay so then that's how the relationship started and then he's like 
I can't remember how they ended up getting together at the end, but they just like kissed each other they when they kissed were, each other and they started dating or whatever, yeah. right? Like that was kind of the yeah. beginning of their story, right? Mm-hmm. But through this whole time, she's seeing this kid, yeah, and even like back in her apartment, or whatever, like she's seeing flash forwards of like a baby, mm-hmm. right? Where it's like I there was no context for that baby, right? Right. And then she keeps getting these other flash forwards for like the kid growing up and like back to when there was a baby mm-hmm. and like just all these random kind of bits of memory mm-hmm. but they're actually like foreseeing future the future things, yeah right they're future things so then at one point like basically towards the end it reveals that the husband is hawkeye yeah right but then there's other parts where it's like oh you know go ask your father and like the scientist and yeah the scientist right it's like oh, ask, oh like oh, if you want science go ask your father right like that was mm-hmm. hawkeye mm-hmm. and then there's one part like oh it's okay to be sad that your father and then the kid was like oh no i'm not right like when she's like playing with or drew the picture or whatever right so like okay they and then that was a part where she was like oh i found out why my husband left me right because and that's when in that flash forward she's like oh i told it's like i told your dad uh i don't remember like a secret or whatever and then it's like oh what was the secret it's like oh that there's like about a sickness right and that was like how the daughter would have like this rare disease Mm -hmm. but (laughs) And that's where, like, the Inception part kind of comes in, where, like, she's seeing these flash-forwards of her daughter being sick. Right. And then she sees a flash-forward of her telling the dad that she knows right. that the daughter's sick, but she knows that in the present day. So when he's like, oh, do you want to, like, start a relationship, whatever, she's like, yes. And then she sees the thing of, like, her saying that she does want to have a kid, even though she knows that the kid is going to die from a disease. Hmm. So, like, when they, so say, like, I'm, now you're filling in the blanks here, at whatever point the daughter gets diagnosed with this disease, or will get diagnosed with the disease, and, right. and I guess that's the part you're unclear about, is, like, when she tells the dad. Right. But at, at some point, she's like, oh, by the way, our daughter's going to die from a disease, and I knew this whole time, even before we started dating. Hmm. Yeah, I did not get that part. Yeah. So, now I have to watch it again, and pick up on all so. the... Yeah. I gotta the watch it when there's no, like jumper making noises and music <laughs> sound effects going off and um did you really I, watch it too no i appreciated oh. it on a whole on an entirely different level than that and i feel like based on that there's probably even other re- things or references to the non-linear nature of it that i that neither of us picked up on maybe but i feel like that's almost distracting me from the actual story <laughs> Like all the, the learning that extra piece of information, I'm like, it's not necessary. Why does that need, why couldn't they have just been together? And then she, like, why do they, why do they have to break up? And why? What do you mean? Why do they have to break up? They didn't have to. They just, no, but like, why, 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 why did they break up? It, it's just like totally unknowable. Because no, because the dad felt like disagreed with her being okay, having a child and maybe even like starting a relationship with someone who she was going to have a child with mm-hmm. that the child is ultimately going to die at an early age due to a disease. Okay. So this is all a predestination thing because the fact that she's seeing it means it's going to happen. Well, and that's, that, that's where it kind of starts falling apart. It's like, bro, right. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, I think that's a whole another story that they don't really touch on. Right. But then at the end, like Louis says, you know, if you could see your future, would you change anything? And then the guy's like, oh, I'd maybe say things I meant, but hmm. I don't know. 
right? Yeah, like as soon as I like, so when the movie first started, I had a flash of being like, I feel like I've, I'm, I'm sure I've seen some media or heard some media that talked about it. And I think I might have listened to part of the rec diffs about Arrival and maybe turned it off halfway through or something. Or maybe I listened the whole way but wasn't paying that close of attention because I never intended to see the movie when I listened mm. to the episode. And then, so I kind of, when it when the movie started, I was like, is this one of those like time travel flashy movies? And I, I was pretty sure that it was. So when that started happening, I was kind of aware that it was going to be a thing, but I didn't, oh, okay. I wasn't sure. Right. And I can't remember if I listened to the rec diffs before watching it, mm-hmm. but I, I just remember the time travel part was a surprise for me while right. watching. Like I didn't expect that part. Yeah. And I couldn't really buy into that that mm-hmm. well. Like this whole idea of like, well, because she learns language now, she can like see the future. Like this very, yeah. that, that doesn't compute. But yeah. it's one of those like suspension of disbelief where it's like for the for the purpose of the movie, then I guess that's fine. And like they're already talking about aliens and 3000 years yeah. in the future. And yeah. like it's like at that point, you just kind of have to be okay with it. But I, I did like the story. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't, it wasn't an offensive twist that they threw in there. No, it was no. like. That's kind of weird, but I guess that's fine. Like the Inception thing, I think was taking a little bit far. Yeah, I. It wasn't clear to me whether she could control the time jumps or whether they just like happened to come when she needed them. Yeah, because like when the Chinese president, prime minister, governor. I think he was just like person. the commander of the army, wasn't he? Maybe. Oh, maybe. And then he's like, "Oh, you called me," and she's like, "I did." Yeah. It's like. That doesn't make like that. Yeah. That doesn't make like. I think that's a break in the time continuum because it's like at that point, if it was a flash forward memory, yeah, like she was seeing the future, then future her would have known that she did call him. Yeah, exactly. so the conversation should have been like, "Oh yeah, that was pretty funny," or like, "I don't like whatever," like a recounting mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. memory that she hasn't had yet. Yeah, not oh I did, and there's like oh I have your number. It's like yeah. I think it seems too inception-y for the story for like how how her seeing the future was supposed to work right but but maybe that was the whole point and that maybe that's how she was supposed to help Mm -hmm. the aliens was by like going into the future to do something to affect the future Mm -hmm. to like not have the humans destroy or try to destroy them because they needed their help so like she had to stop it there was a part in and the, maybe maybe that's going to be like the sequel right i don't think there's going to be a sequel um, you don't think so i no. think it leaves a lot open for a sequel yeah maybe it does but i i think that's a one-off um there was a part where now i'm well i guess back then i was too the part where she finds the book she wrote about the language that was a flash forward yeah but i couldn't it seemed like it was very much in the present it's probably closer like, to the present than other parts. Like, that's it was why closer was to like, the present than like her kid, probably. Yeah, like was she? Tra- like she? There was a, a scene where her kid had like made a plasticine thing of a heptapod. Right, because at that and, point it was yeah. well known this whole like theory and the mm-hmm. language and all this kind of stuff. But it, it so it, it was unclear to me how the time how the flashing around happens because it was like. She only flashes through time to gain knowledge that's important to the plot. It's not random and she doesn't control it. It's like it's happening to her because the movie is supposed to end in a certain way. Well, it's, it, I think it's the same way how when you're working on a problem and you're being like, 
what can I do to solve this? And then you just start like, oh yeah, that one time I did this. Like it's like a memory, right? So maybe, maybe, and, yeah. And you're not, you're not like digging through your memories. It's just the memory comes to you. Mm-hmm. Or, or another thing that made me think of, uh, if you lose your keys and then you find them, they're always in the last place you look because you stop looking afterwards. You're like, oh, of course they were there. I'm dumb. But like you were just looking everywhere. You just stopped looking because you found them. It's kind of like she was jumping around until she found the information that was going to help her. Like there were flash forwards. I don't think that's really the same thing. I think it's more like when you're driving in a car and a song comes on, right? Like, so, so say like the, the, uh, I don't know. I can't remember what song it was now. <laughs> the party rock. Okay. Right. Like the first time I, I feel like the first time I heard that song was like at your guys's wedding. So okay. every time that song comes on, like, I remember your guys' mm-hmm, wedding, mm-hmm. right? And it's a good memory. Like, yeah. I, I really enjoyed that trip and that whole experience. Nick is going to be so disappointed right? that that's the first time you heard that song, but <laughs> go on. <laughs> Why is Nick going to be disappointed? He just loves LMFAO, or at least he oh, did okay. at that time. Right. Um, but whenever that song comes on, it's like, oh, yeah, like, but I don't try to remember. It just, the memory comes back to me. Or right. like, that, I, that's what I associate it with. Mm-hmm. So if that's something similar to this... Where she's encountering a situation and then just it comes to her, but she hasn't actually encountered it yet, but she right. will. And I think that's where like the non-linearity comes in, but she doesn't have to conjure up the memory. It just, right. it comes to her the same way like any other memory would. So now it's even less clear to me at the beginning of the movie where they do the whole up uh, montage of the kid growing up. It's not really a montage. Oh, at the end, sorry, at the end of at the, the beginning. beginning where they like show her being born and then like she's older and older and older gets cancer. Okay. I kind of remember that part. Yeah. It's like the first two minutes of the movie. Sure. Um, does she, does Amy Adams in the present quote unquote of the movie, has she experienced that? Like, does no. she think she already had a kid? I think she just thinks that she's having these like weird dreams. So she doesn't, she's not, she doesn't go, she doesn't live through the kind of present day that we see in the movie thinking that she had a kid that died of cancer. She's just had dreams about having a kid that died of cancer. Cause right. the way I saw the watched the movie, I thought that she, that's why I was describing it as right. a loop. Cause I thought that she had thought the whole movie right. that she had had a kid that had died in as like a teenager. Right. And I think that's what the movie wants you to do is to think that this kid was her past Right. So it's affecting her now. Right. Definitely. Right. But so I'm, I'm unclear if it actually was now. No, no, it's you not. You don't think it was. No, that's a clear, like that's a clear point of the movie is that that was all future. But I thought she was actually experiencing it as though, cause she was experiencing time non-linearly. So I thought she was jumping around. Like maybe she was confused about what was actually in the present present and that, but you're saying your interpretation was that she was totally uh, those that wasn't real. Right. That she didn't experience that. That at most she dreamed it, or like it was for our benefit or our confusion. <laughs> like because we're told that the dad is Hawkeye, mm-hmm. then like that solves that whole problem because she didn't meet Hawkeye until this whole event. So can I tell you how I interpreted the that part of the movie? Then sure. The beginning where she has the kid and there's no dad there. I interpreted that to just be conveniently like almost like convenient framing of her perspective and that they kind of almost retold that 
story at the end with him in it, but that it was the same timeline. Like I thought they didn't break up. I, I didn't think there was any reason to them break up. It was just that it turns out that she had gone through this whole process with him and that she thought I, the timeline is very confusing to me and I don't know what's real and what's not. Maybe that's the whole, maybe that's what we're supposed to take from this. But if you reassemble all these flash forwards mm -hmm. into order, you get a second story where Louise and Ian get together, mm -hmm. get married, decide to have kids, have a kid. This kid grows up. All these images, aside from like the baby part. Yeah. Right. Like, so Hawkeye's only ever there when the kid's a baby. Or all like the other even then, because I, I felt like even when it was a newborn at the very start of the movie, like the first scene is her with a brand new right. baby right. in the hospital but, and he's not there. But we see her pass the baby to Hawkeye. And then at, there's another the scene beginning? where Hawkeye's like talking to the kid. No, okay. like towards okay. the end. Right. Okay. Like this is when they're starting to like reveal, like accept that everyone's kind of figured out. Right. this part or been revealed and then it's like oh hawkeye's the dad mm -hmm. like once you reorder all that you see the story right right up into a point like the dad's there and then she explains that the dad left because she told him about the disease and that or she told him that she knew about the disease literally before right the relationship before started yeah before any of it and he disagreed with her choice, like presumably because he felt it was like selfish, mm -hmm. right? Where like she still wanted to experience the joys of having a child, despite the dad having to go through it too, and the child having to go through it too. It's like, mm -hmm. well, what like what gives you the right to choose mm -hmm. to still have that enjoyment while having others suffer that, right? Right. So we only see her experience the child getting sick at the beginning when we don't know whether it's real or not. Like we assume right. it's real because there's no yeah. reason to assume it's a dream or anything. Right. Yeah. But, so when she says, oh, about the rare disease, like you go back and be like, oh, that was that kid. That so was once sick. she figures it all out, like the whole time thing, then it becomes clear to her that that was just a vision of the future. Yeah. And okay. that's when she's like, oh, I just realized why mm. my husband left mm. me. Interesting. Right. Because her memory of the future says about a rare disease. And it's like, oh, I had that vision of like the kid with the disease. Right. This movie has a lot of layers, but it it feels like they don't quite match up. It's like an onion that you cut and tried to put back together. <laughs> I it, I like the comment you made about that the movie could work non-linearly too. Mm -hmm. Like you could almost put it together differently. But maybe. before this conversation, that's how I right, and it worked. It. Like it was fine. Like you yeah. accepted the movie for that, and you're like, oh wait, maybe it didn't work like that. Right. But it also works the other way. Mm -hmm. I, I do want to kind of ask if you felt that the tech, like the science part, you know, being aliens and the hovering, like that's mm. all, you know, accepted as like alien technology or whatever. But like as far as like how. field, electromagnetism, like. I, I just even thrust. worry about getting know. into that. Yeah. Like, I, like, I thought about it, but I was just like, every movie does this. Let's just move yeah. past it. <laughs> right. But as far as like the stuff that was supposed to be more realistic, mm -hmm. like the, you know, obviously the spectral analysis, like that's done for millions of things wait so which, like, which spectral analysis are you referring to when when they first tried doing like the audio recordings and her mm -hmm. trying to translate the audio yeah and she wasn't getting anywhere with it right like at some point because they're like oh thanks to our friends in pakistan they saw no link between oh right the audio okay. and the okay. written right like they're two literally different languages like the right. written doesn't the represent audio, sound right right or the audio doesn't really represent mean anything the symbol language wise yeah right okay. so they could just focus strictly on the written right or the symbols as 
its own language. Yeah. Right. Um, so that's, that's fine. Like doing the special analysis thing. But then once they started doing like the translation part, I guess talking about, at first I was like, well, that's kind of far fetched to think that they just build this software that translates symbols and right. But I don't know. I guess if you're talking like, oh, it's on the order of months or years. I maybe, took it as even? months, but so maybe I don't, they probably didn't actually mention this because first of all, it was 2016 and it was not that kind of movie, but I just kind of felt like I was like, oh, machine learning and pushed it aside. Right. I was like, I suspended my disbelief until they started, until she started literally having subtitles. I was like, well, okay. She's progressed. That's, that was the loose right. moment I was describing. Like, right. But I she think, can speak the language. And I think that's kind of where I accept. I had, by that point, I accept that she's just like a super gifted yeah. pseudo superhero. She's like a genius. A, Not a, even a genius. A like, language wh- genius. Like she just, like a, a musical genius. Like she just can do it. Like, kind of like like I treated it like a superhero movie where it's like right. she has this ability and and let's move past it like like let's move past it. like she's yeah. just really good at this language mm-hmm. right and no one else even her doesn't understand it and that's why I think right. it'd almost be like a superhero origin story where at first they're like what's going on here like why mm-hmm. am I able to do this right because she she experienced the nonlinear time stuff before learning the language which was supposed to be the catalyst for being able to understand the nonlinear time stuff. Yeah, I didn't really get that part either. Yeah. There's a lot of weird... That's why I'm saying it's a chopped up onion that you try to piece back together. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and it, it was funny, but, you know, we mentioned about the TV thing. Like, did they... I think that's just like a trope, just turning on the TV to see news. But yeah. I was like, people don't really... Maybe it's just our generation, but, like, you don't turn on the TV for news. You, like, go onto Twitter or you go onto, right. like, whatever to see what people are talking about. And I did appreciate that... I, the point when she was in her office, like at the beginning, she was mm-hmm. watching the news on a computer. Yeah. Like it wasn't on a TV. So I'm like, okay, at least they're acknowledging that technology is at a point where people aren't just consuming on the TV. Mm-hmm. I think, like I said, with the line about the Chinese military being super strong and like the, the deciders for the Eastern hemisphere, uh, I felt like they're not mentioning social media or any specific thing other than just showing TV was a way to st- day time more timeless if Maybe. they said like i'm checking twitter it would be like in 10 years you'd like be like right. what's twitter like well they had this scene where like they're in the classroom mm-hmm. and the kid gets like a text or some notification and yeah. it was like oh can you check the turn on the but they specifically channel? don't mention any network or no any of course not way they no. discovered the news yeah. no obviously like that's i think that's a like a it's given a safe that, choice yeah exactly to not identify a specific social network or whatever right <laughs> Let's go on Alta Vista yeah. and check this. <laughs> yeah. I got a yo. Um, it says uh, it says yo, but <laughs> yeah. uh, and then the, they they made a couple of references to like uh, a photograph going viral about like the riots and protests. They they had a it was a quick super passing comment, and it, again it was one of those TV news stations, mm-hmm. and they showed a clip of someone spray painting whatever with a mask and like basically just like a riot how right. a riot would look yeah and it's like oh first photograph of aliens goes viral mm-hmm. like they actually said use that phrase mm-hmm. um and then the thing about like the soldiers putting the bomb on yeah. the ship it's like oh he's been watching too much tv yes right well that was kind of like they had that rush limbaugh character right doing the video um where i totally see that kind of thing like people getting not radicalized because that's like a specific thing, but like hearing almost a conspiracy theory and being like totally on board and sabotaging this entire project 
just because they thought it was the right thing to do. Right. Because some what? person had said it. Yeah. I, 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 I'm somewhat ashamed to even mention this, but the other day we were talking about like, cause Emma was asking about like people on the moon mm-hmm. and I was like, Oh, there's like no gravity in space. I'm like, well, there is gravity. It's just, you have to be close enough to it. And then we started talking about like landing on the moon and like mm-hmm. rocket ships, whatever. And I was like, Oh, do you want to like see the moon landing? And she's like, Oh yeah. So we like put it on. Mm-hmm. And then we was like, Oh, like, and it was like somewhat like tongue in cheek. It's like, Oh, like, did that actually happen? <laughs> right. Like referencing the moon yeah. landing hoax. Right. And I'm like, you don't actually think that it's like fake, right? It's like, oh no, it's like, it's just, I know that's like a thing, like that people right. think that it could be a hoax, mm-hmm. right? And like, but her, just her awareness of it being a thing mm-hmm. has its own sort of like, it does, yeah, weight. They're, like, same with like flat earthers, right? It's like, yeah, haha, that's like, what but, I was thinking of. <laughs> but if you, but though, like, if you start looking into it, then you start being like, oh, maybe this is like, there is something to this, right? Mm-hmm. That's pretty convincing. Yeah, sure. I don't think it's convincing. But. No, I'm not saying that specifically, but I'm just saying in general with conspiracies or mm, yeah, like yeah. Oh, anything yeah, definitely. you look into enough, you can start thinking that it's convincing because mm. you're just submersing yourself in it. Right? I remember watching a documentary about 9-11 and being like, I wasn't convinced of anything, but I was like, there's a lot of evidence here. And they drew this one conclusion. Right. But like reading about uh, the number of what is it? There's like a correlation between the number of people that know a secret or that would need to know a secret for a conspiracy theory to stay secret versus the time it takes for that secret to actually get out. And it's like, if more than 10 people know, there's like no chance of it lasting more than a few months. And knowing the like hearing the number of people that would need to be in on like a nine 11 conspiracy, there's just no way that that many people have kept it a secret for that long. Yeah. Or would it come out in something like the WikiLeaks or like the Snowden stuff, like any of that kind of stuff, like it gets out. Yeah. Right. So it's like, it's been what, almost 20 years. Yeah. Almost 20 years. Right. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, Stiff now. (laughs) (laughs) Is there anywhere else you want to go with this movie or with spoilers in general? Uh, No, I think the, as far as like spoilers go, I, I feel that, like, say for this movie, mm. if I was told that, you know, the language allows someone to see into the future, like, that would take away a huge part of the movie. I, that's and the that's, thing. I feel the exact opposite. I feel like if I knew that, I would be able to look for things and, like, probably have a better understanding of how the structure of the movie actually works than I currently do. But you wouldn't be able to have that moment of thinking that these are all flashbacks and now they're actually, like, flash forwards. I'm still not convinced they're not flashbacks. <laughs> I still think it might be a nonlinear thing where she's like, it is a big loop and she is actually experiencing that. And she has had a kid and lost a kid and she knows that like in her consciousness. Whole, yeah. I still uh, think that could be a thing. I'm not a hundred percent convinced that it's not. Maybe I would need to watch it at least one more time to convince myself that your description of the things that I missed actually right. fully rules out the fact that that's a possibility because maybe that opens up like the inception yeah that's, ability right yeah. so where like the chinese guy he is because he's learned the language too he's able to go forward right. in time yeah to do that for her to convince him <laughs> yeah to not do something but yeah. it's like if yeah it's i don't want to think about yeah, it too it was much. also a very 2016 message of like all the world powers just agreed and like 
did the same thing for the good of humanity. It's like, no, that's not going to happen in 2018. (laughs) Uh, The world we live in, though. Ain't that the truth? Yeah. So uh, what I want to happen, maybe this is an easy way to wrap this up in a neat little bow. I want people to, because there have been studies done that show that if you know major plot details about a thing before watching it, like they've done controlled studies, that you do enjoy a piece of media more if you know what's going to happen before. Like that's why rewatching The Office is so good because you know what's going to happen. That's a little different because different, The Office, the office leans on like jokes and like jokes can still be funny. There, arguably, that's, a bad, that's a bad example. Arguably, you would think that jokes, I don't believe this, but I would, I could argue that jokes should be less funny if you've already heard them. Like that's the, our jokes on Reddit or our funny or whatever uh, is testament to that. Like, Oh, there's good old number three, five, six, two, four. Um, they should, our jokes should become less funny if you've heard them already. But with what rewatching TV, I get almost more enjoyment out of rewatching than I did from watching a thing originally. And, but have you watched things like lost or I've never seen lost? Well, exactly. Right. So those types of movies, like dramas, mm-hmm. I don't think you can rewatch that way. But like, I, say like, say like Jane, the Virgin, like, that's not a comedy. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. there's elements of comedy, but it's like a story. Sure. Like each, each, you can't watch an episode of Jane the Virgin and be like, oh, this was a really good episode. Let's rewatch this one. You wouldn't do that. I would. But with, with I the would off, do that. You're, that's an I've, exception. I did that with House. Well, I know. I agree I'm the exce- an exception. House I've, is different. House is not the house same. Is house is like, there's no, always a mystery no, and like things Exactly. Happen. Each episode can be a self-contained mystery. No, but there's there are threads that happen throughout. And I really like rewatching the entire sure. series. And the same with The Office or How I Met Your Mother, any of those, right? Mm-hmm. Or like CSI. CSI, like each episode is like a separate case or cases that but are solved by the end of the episode. Typically, there's ongoing ones too, but like those are all self-contained episodes. But ones that... What about Heroes? I've only seen half an episode like, of Heroes. I liked rewatching Heroes too, and that was very much like yeah. there were... I should try watching that. There were kind of satisfying endpoints, but... It was really a big, long narrative with lots of different stories. Uh, So what I want to do, so there are studies, I'm just going to say there are studies that show that if you know what's going to happen in something, you enjoy that thing more. Like maybe not for every single person, but in general, that's the trend. And I really honestly feel like people maybe do it with some kind of media you don't, you wouldn't watch otherwise or don't care about. But I would almost encourage people to see how they feel having something they think they might not care about spoiled for them. Just like read all about a thing and then watch it or then watch the like it's been so that, freeing to not worry about spoilers for me. There's, I, there's no different than like reading a book and then watching the movie on it or the other way around. Maybe. But do you feel like you enjoy the book less because you like do you feel sorry do you feel like you enjoy a movie less because you've read the book like i i enjoy a movie more knowing that i've read the book like knowing what's going to happen and read, reading the book i've always found that's that. what i'm saying is that 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 is an example of being able to do that so i, I don't disagree right, with your so, premise that you can enjoy something even having it quote-unquote spoiled it's no different than you hearing about all about infinity war and then seeing the movie and it's yeah. a different experience because even though you know the story you haven't seen the production value of the movie Right. Again, assuming but, assuming that it yeah. doesn't lean on a certain outcome for the enjoyment of the movie. So 
one thing that I'll say that I hope kind of makes my case for why I do this is that if you do that, if you watch something or if you pay attention, like see a podcast or YouTube video or something about a movie or whatever piece of media, and they talk about the important points in the movie, the things that they felt were Mm -hmm. important, you get the opportunity to pay attention, watching it for the first time yourself you get the opportunity to to know when something that's coming up is going to be important. And like you get a little extra insight into why. I think that's like, different because they don't fully spoil movies like that. If they know that something is like a literal game breaking spoiler, like they're not going to spoil it. Even though, even though they've said there's spoilers here, they're still not going to do They that. have though. I, I've done, I've gone through that. Like I would, I, so what I'll say to just put out my thesis I think that you and anybody listening and anybody on earth should try completely fully spoiling a thing before seeing it and then see it and see how you feel. Cause it's very different, but it's not worse. It would have to be something that I don't care about. That's what I, that's, I said that, but that's yeah, not different than just watching a trailer that spoils it. And then just, I don't know. I, I hear what, what you're I mean. saying, like, but it's, I'd want to see the effect of it on something I would care about where it would actually affect me differently, but I don't want to spoil it for me. But so like, what if you did it? Like, presumably you're going to watch the second, uh, whatever the Avengers is, that's coming out next May, right? Presumably you're going to watch that. The conclusion to this infinity war story. Sure. Yeah. You, well, you said you described yourself as being excited to watch infinity war. I guess. Not that you watch every MCU movie because you also needed a 20 minute synopsis (laughs) or whatever of all the movies that have happened. But presumably, I could see myself, I could see myself watching the second one. Yeah. Yeah. It it would be crazy to me that you were like, describe yourself as being hyped for that movie, but then not wanting to see the, basically the second half of that story. Um, You could do it with Captain Marvel, which is a movie that is coming out in between, but like, I don't know anything about the backstory right. of Captain Marvel. So anything I can learn about the movie is just going to help me watch the movie better. Right. Yeah. And then you'll, it's not something you care about, but it will be useful to you to know about Captain Marvel right. for the next Avengers movie because she's going to be in it. Right. I think, I don't know, I don't want to drag this on for too much longer, but like, <laughs> so say with like Doctor Strange, after watching Infinity War, yeah. it's like, oh, Doctor Strange seems like a pretty cool character. Like, I want to see that yeah. movie. But I feel like just jumping mm-hmm. into it, I'm like, well, I have like, I have no backstory. I have nothing to go off of. So I think spoiling, quote unquote, spoiling the movie would help because it gives context and backstory so that I can just enjoy yes. the movie part without having to mm-hmm. catch up on who all the characters are, all the events that are happening, just enjoy the movie. So I think even that's, I, agree. I think that's a little bit different. I don't th- see that's how I view right. it that's how I view all okay. the times I spoil myself I'm like I'm just getting backstory I'm trying to learn as much as I can about this piece of media before right watching it I, I will take your challenge on <laughs> one of the Marvel movies okay even if it's Doctor Strange right. like learn right I think it's it adds to it I don't think right. it subtracts from it it added to my experience okay. every time I've done it I've never felt I've never learned the things that happen in a movie like for instance, Han Solo dying that like, or all the details that I learned about that, the plot of that movie, the last Jedi, um, all of like right. all the movies that I've spoiled. So quote unquote, before watching them, mm-hmm. I've never felt like I regret doing that. 
I like I fully I agree. I fully committed and leaned into it, but I've never regret. I've never gone like, oh, I wish I hadn't spoiled myself on that. It would have been really cool to see. I was like, oh, I really, it was really cool to see that. That's the only ever been my reaction. Right. Okay, that'll be a follow up for next time then. Even even just as an academic exercise, yeah. I think it's worth doing. Because <laughs> I, I tried watching Star Wars too, the latest one that's on Netflix. Okay, the last I Jedi, guess yeah. I assume, and I couldn't get twenty minutes into it. I was like. I, like I'm not a Star Wars guy to begin with. Like I'll go watch. Right. Like I've watched a couple with Nick before. Okay. And they were fun, but like unless I'm like there for that event, like I can't just sit down on a couch mm. and watch Star Wars. Like I I can't really okay. get into it as much. Fair but enough. maybe reading what happens in the movie, then I can gear and, myself up for it. And if it's not a movie for you, you can read about the movie and go, eh, that doesn't even really sound that interesting right. to me. Maybe I won't watch it at all. Right. And you get like you would save yourself that two hours plus runtime. I've never had that happen. I've never read a piece of media that I thought I wanted to watch. Like I've never been turned off from watching something because I read like a synopsis of it, but I can imagine that happening. You're like, Oh, this isn't actually what I wanted. This isn't actually something that I'm interested in. I just thought it was, but yeah. So, so give it a try and, and report back. Will do. Cool. And, (laughs) I think that was good. I agree. Glad we finally got you... to that science and tech and movies thing. <laughs> yeah. Anytime a space vehicle gets thrust without any or lift without any lift, <laughs> I just every it happens in every movie that has futuristic travel, like flight. It just annoys me so much. <sighs> Yeah, like I said, I gave that one a pass because I assumed it was like electromagnetism with the Earth's core or something. Like it, I assumed it was far advanced, right. but there was just no, it was hovering there and there was no lift. <laughs> just none. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like, oh, they're able to defy the laws of nature, right? Like, mm-hmm. same with like the faster than light travel thing, right? Like they've already opened up the premise yeah. of being able to travel faster than light. So it's like at that point, yeah. you don't really, they don't need to follow the rules as we understand yeah, them of physics right? exactly. yeah. they're they're more advanced yeah